0: everyone welcome to the Chadwick podcast this is your host Kushal Mehra so I guess we are in a studio in Austin Texas uh, and I'm with Colin Wright and Razip Khan boys welcome thanks thanks American number one (laughs) (laughs) So, so keep it real as you see this is a very auspicious start so uh we had a chat on Twitter and offline too, and I was like, we have to meet, first of all. It has been a journey. We were going to meet in Nashville, Tennessee. We end up meeting in Austin, Texas. It's all Razib's fault. Yeah, it's, it's my fault. Yeah. It's always it, the Muslim's fault. Yes. It's always your fault, Razib, no matter what. So now let's start with this. Colin, let's start here. First of all, this uh, what the fuck is going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> so I thought Razab was cancelled, <laughs> and then yeah. So so what the hell is happening right now? What tell everybody what has happened exactly in the last two months?
1: Yeah. So there was a series of attempted cancellations, specifically to come after sort of my my financial ability to you know make money and things like that. First, it was my Etsy store. So for people who don't know what Etsy is it's like this online store where you can sell merchandise and they're really good because they have really low fees. They're just rely on volume basically. So I had my, my merchandise store set up on Etsy, uh, where I sold stuff about my sub stack, like realities last hand t-shirts and mugs and things like that. Um, I got a message from Etsy saying that after, you know, a really intense review of my store, uh, that I violated their policies and that I was glorifying hatred and violence against racial minorities or something. Wait, what? Like that language. Yeah. You're transphobic, not racist. <laughs> well, so it's trans or not? Everything. Yeah. Racial minorities, gender minorities, everything. Uh, so I thought it was ridiculous. I went and, and messaged them because literally the stuff on my store, I wish I had my merch with me. But it's just literally just like my Substack reality's last hand. It has like a male and a female symbol. I had something else that was like defender of reality and had a male and a female symbol. I had the cartoon, the political cartoon that Razib is featured in, as yeah. conservative. I mean, uh, and you know, but there's nothing that's even like remotely approaching glorifying violence and hatred against any group. So I tried to appeal this process. They got back to me in a day's thing that they're, they're doubling down on that that i can no longer use etsy for life so it's like whatever okay i can go there's plenty of other online stores like shopify and all these things so i was moving different stores it's just annoying to to do that um but then i got another email from paypal and it was very sort of an opaque email it just said you can no longer use paypal and there wasn't an explanation it was like your activity might've changed or it was deemed too risky. That was really kind of what it said. So when I called them on the phone to see what was going on, they said they'd have someone send me an email to let me know how I can get my account reinstated. Then they just sent me a message like through PayPal that said if I wanted to get any information on a user, which includes myself, I guess, I would need to have a court subpoena, ahead of, but I need a lawyer submit a subpoena to find out why I'm banned for life, and that they were holding the funds that were in there for 180 days, so they're still being held uh, by PayPal. This has come off a series of of banning, you know, Ian Miles Chung, the journalist for he worked for the post before he was kicked off PayPal. Um, Gays Against Groomers was just kicked off of PayPal. Toby Young, this in Daily Skeptics, I think is what it was called. They were kicked off, and they got reinstated, but they were still like all kicked off in this big wave that came recently.
2: Okay, so I get gays against rumors. I get you. I mean, I don't get you. Know what I'm saying? What Toby Young do?
1: Well, Toby Young had a website previously that was sort of like, well, it's it's like a skeptic page, but he was doing like lockdown skeptic. Yeah, I know and that he's conservative leaning. So I mean, if, if they're gonna cancel mine, I mean, you're not saying that like he's men and women there. are real. He's leaning out. Yeah. That. Understand. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, okay. it's just like the conservative side of things, I guess, because, you know, as far as people go, I'm like one of the least provocative people out there, at least I think with my messaging. It's just like, male depends your perspective, though. Well, I suppose it's either, you know, well, tell, basic t- biology or explain, like... Explain the to the, the why. viewers uh,
2: why like your like extremely toxic beliefs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe someone have to explain it for me. Um, I'm of the opinion... That there are males and females, yes, and that sometimes it matters in certain contexts,
0: and that's controversial. I don't
2: understand? This. It's a little... Wait, <laughs> yeah. so here's the here's the problem with Colin. Just to be the um, you know woke devil's advocate, he just said there are males and females, and so he left out the vast spectrum of sex, the entire spectrum. Yeah. Only only so he's he's, he's 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 reduced sex into a dichotomy, uh, whereas in reality it's a spectrum and you can be intersex and uh, you know, willy sex and quilly sex. I don't know, there's all sorts, of, there's like a
1: thousand seconds, right? Either a spectrum or a social construct, or there's five sexes. What you never see is the people who think that there's like five sexes talk to the people who think it's a spectrum and it's arbitrary. Like that's the debate I want to see. For some reason, it's like any number of sexes, either from infinity to three, is all fine. Mm-hmm. But a second, someone says two. Well,
2: why don't you make the that's problem not... about the sex/gender distinction, which is kind of a thing right now, but it might not be a thing soon in terms of sex disappearing. But
1: yeah, well, I mean, the whole word gender has just sort of shown up on the scene in the U.S., and I think it's spreading throughout the world, the Western world at least. It's coming to. India. There's some stuff in India. Yeah, for sure. Right? Um, Basically, there's been a really big push to supplant biological sex, male and female, with a large spectrum of gender identities, which really just are linked to these stereotypes that we associate with masculinity and femininity. This is even like the official definition of the CDC, where they talk about, you know, being trans is literally someone who has a... Uh, who doesn't abide by the norms and social roles that we associate with masculinity? So I have a question here: If
0: a child is born now in the United States of America, so so they don't say it's a boy, it's a girl.
1: They well, do. They, they do. But activists would freak out, and they they would say that the doctor is assigning that baby a gender identity, yeah. which they view as like a role in yeah. society.
2: It's just like babies are not born
0: Hindu, Muslim, or Christian; they're assigned that. You know how messed up this is, right? Okay, I come from a country where we officially and legally recognize three genders. India has always recognized three genders: male, female, kinner, right? What's, the, what's explain? Explain what the hell is the, 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 the last? Okay, word? Uh, I I don't know what the exact word in English. would be. Yeah, hijra, kusra, okay. kinner. The oh, right yeah, word is yeah, kinner. He, 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 kinner, American or, word, or yeah. in 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 uh, in in I guess in proper English it would be eunuch, That's what they're called. Wait, they actually cut their stuff off. I have no clue. I did, I did not go and do the basic. Yeah. Well, maybe you should, maybe you should educate yourself. So maybe you should visit India and do it yourself. Well,
2: I don't want to
1: visit India because it's a thomophobic country. <laughs> Good thing. I see why you put me in the middle <laughs> the
2: You're in the, in the middle because, you know, yeah. Hindu, Muslim. Yeah. Like white people need to like figure out our problem. Yeah. Uh, you know, you guys are creating the division. So it's your job now to, uh, you know,
0: so, okay. I'm still trying to grapple, this sounds like a witch hunt. More like a witch hunt to me where if you don't... So it's quite clear the American cultural orthodoxy has shifted now. So there's a new orthodoxy. Wait, why not a warlock hunt? Why do we have to gender this? Well, it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. What's a gender neutral witch and warlock? Someone's gotta look that up. (laughs) Who, who the hell knows? <laughs> there's, there's a dissertation being done by some... The
0: problem is, you know, like, like I was mentioning in the car, I can't even keep up with this shit anymore. Like, I don't know yeah. when they will change.
1: I do it full-time and I can't keep up. Like, just... <laughs>
0: and the point is that this this exactly sounds like a very orthodox... Uh, you know, it sounds like something that a 17th century, 18th century religious zealot would do. Yeah, If they were looking at you at that time and... Um, if it's like purity and pollution,
2: it is. It is. There's it a lot is, of
0: that. It, am, I, am I mist, am I I mistaken? One hundred percent, right, right, con? Purity and pollution like the you know, uh, if the moral at the intellectual level, because uh, see, old religions used to practice physical untouchability, right? <laughs> so if you are the other. They would basically throw you out of the community, like there were kosher laws, or there were haram and halal, or in India there were food items, or in India you can extend it to caste or class system in in the in the United system, United States or United Kingdom. They have different ways of othering the other person. This new religion, or I don't know, I think many, many people differ whether it's a religion or not, like John yeah. McWhorter thinks it's a religion, Balaji Srinivasan thinks it's not a religion. Yeah. So everybody has their own take on it. But in my view, it is a religion. It sounds very much like a religion where there are purity and pollution issues. But here the purity and pollution is at the level of the intellectual capacity, where there are intellectual no-go zones, and they literally practice real-life untouchability. So what seems to be happening with you is there is an online community, right? There is an internet community that That lets you use a platform where everybody can go and exchange. What they are doing is they're practicing untouchability where you are not allowed inside that temple. The temple is the place or that uh, mosque or that church is the Mm -hmm. place where you go to worship. Instead of worship, what you have over here is access to basic goods. And they are Mm -hmm. denying you what they would do to, let's
1: say, a terrorist Exactly, yeah. Exactly, right? So this yeah. is a purity and pollution issue. Yeah. What I mean, you are a cognitive terrorist? Yeah. Well, what they're doing is they're they're following a lot of these people around to different platforms, too, because I don't know if you saw the recent Media Matters hit piece. No, I did not. Me and Gays Against Groomers and Billboard Chris. Well, they noticed that like all these people have been kicked off PayPal, and so we are looking for another place where we can get donations. So a lot of us went to DonorBox, which is based on Stripe, um, and they used to actually Donorbox. They used to have a hashtag nonpartisan in their Twitter bio. Now it says hashtag nonprofits. So I don't know if that was a, a change in the last month. I don't know if there was a ideological change. But Media Matters published a hit piece that was going after me and all these people, saying that like all these horrible anti-trans people have been flocking over to Donorbox, and they had all the screenshots, like. Here's Colin Wright, the failed spider biologist. Here's his page of accepting donations on DonorBox. Here's he's Against Groomers, accepting uh, payments on DonorBox. So they're trying to go for DonorBox now and try to pressure them to do the same thing that PayPal did. So then we'd have to find some other place and then they'd go after that place. So it's just they're just like sort of leap for following wherever we're going and trying to just take the rug out from under our feet and say no you can't get paid. So this is exactly how
0: the old religious zealots would behave. Yeah, Yeah, They would find the untouchable, they would find the other and they would go after them. In their case they would physically harm them in many cases or banish them outside the village or outside the community. In your case we are digital beings now. So these are digital communities where we transact with each other. Now this is actually very worrying. Like,
1: Very. And they did, I mean,
0: an extension of that was practiced with what they were trying to do to Russia. Now, I'm not going to make this about Russia and Ukraine, but I'm just using this as an... It no, was very it's, it's very similar. It's very similar. had to change, like,
2: Russia House here in Austin had to change his name to House. Um, yeah, they're not playing Tchaikovsky. <laughs> you know, they didn't, they didn't do this during the Cold War. Like, I remember the 1980s. They didn't do this when we were dealing with Soviet Communism. We welcomed Russian people. Like we said, we love the Russian culture and Russian people. We had an issue with their ideology. Now, okay, like I honestly feel like the woke like reflex is now applied to Russian things, you know, to Russians. Even if, you know, on paper it's about Putin all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever you you know, that's general our, our cultural orientation right now in our government. But you know, they're they're changing everything Russian. Um, there was a place in D.C. also called Russia House that was uh, uh, someone like you know. They break right through the window, that sort of thing. You know, it's yeah. it's hate. Like you, you direct your hate. It's a, it's a really hateful environment, to be honest.
0: And and this this is what worries me. And and I'll bring you the analogy of why I get worried about this is because, and I nobody's listening to it right now. They're doing it to the Hindu community in America now. I, I Raza is more in tune because of you know the many Indian people he follows, and he they do this with everyone they don't like yeah so i think one thing that's true i think another thing to understand is uh
2: it's a monster that they created and the monster is always hungry so after the monster is fed it gets hungry again so you need something new right and so like you know see the hindu community well yeah that's looks delicious let's eat it but after the hindu community they're both you know if the monster is going to keep going, it's not. There's no plan up above. I think this is basically mass hysteria, the mob unleashed, and it's periodically co-opted by certain bad actors because the you know it's a monster, you know it needs evil people to ride it. But you know, social media and these um, you know untouchability, ostracism, all these things that we've seen uh, have like run amok in our culture. What we need is people to say, you know what, John Stuart Mill was right. Um, speech is important. All of these things that people used to say back in my day, you know. Today though, they don't. They they say things like, you know, like this is being recorded on video, so I'll do this. Normally, I do audio podcast. Free speech. Like, when people do that, that's indicating that they don't really believe in free speech. You know, and that's, that's a new thing in America, especially among younger people. So there's a, there's a cold wind that's blowing, you know,
0: and, you know, in case some of you like it really cool, like that's a negative thing. <laughs> no, because I come from a country which has no free speech. Uh, I mean, very clear. We have blasphemy yeah. laws. Yeah. We have sedition laws. Yeah. And it, it's very tough in India. If you, if you criticize religion, if you, um, if you say something about someone and it, and each and every political outfit does this in their own way. Like there's no speech in India and uh, the one good thing about America was the First Amendment but if this is going to happen, yeah. yeah, I understand At the level of the government, you still have the First Amendment, the state can't come after you. But then when the state start ma- starts making statements like um, what they did with Joe Rogan, right? I don't like the way Joe Rogan thinks and then they make digital platforms Try to go after yeah, Joe yeah. Rogan. So the state is not going after yeah, yeah. Joe Rogan, but they, 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 they use the media. First, they get you hooked on. They've outsourced the tyranny to like, yeah. these Yeah, an armed tyrant. You know, it's like social media is the drug. They give you the drug. We're all addicts now. And now they say, I'm not going to give you the drug. Unless you don't comply.
2: It's not just social media, though. Think about, like, let's go a couple of years ago. I mean, it's a while ago, but... um. You know chick-fil-a like delicious chicken sandwiches yeah it's really good but they were um you know a bunch of liberal mayors like Rahm Emanuel in Chicago they were thinking about basically using zoning and permitting laws to prevent the opening of chick-fil-as what yeah because chick-fil-a is homophobic because you know it's owned by a Christian family the Kathy I think it's the Kathy family um, it chick-fil-a' has gone totally corporate now that's not an issue but you know they the, family, you know, the, the founder or the you know, whatever, CEO, they expressed their views on homosexuality and gay marriage and all these other things, and so they were saying Chick-fil-A is actually homophobic, you shouldn't patronize it. And then they took it to the next level. Instead of a boycott, they're just like, okay, we'll use, we'll use legal avenues to prevent it from opening. And if, if, if you want to do that, if there's no norm and cultural free speech, the law doesn't really matter. Like, fundamentally, you can use regulation. You can use other things to swallow free speech. Like, you can say legally, you can open a store there. But if they give another excuse, like, oh, it doesn't fit the character of the community.
0: Okay. can't, you know, can't open the store there. Yeah, but they try the same with you, right? I mean, we've been friends now for a while. And even since I have known you, I've actually lost count of the amount of times people try to attack you. Yeah,
2: awesome. yeah, I
0: mean, I'm an individual, and I've figured out ways, and also, I'm not a
2: cuck. Uh, most, like, most people, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a corporation. A corporation will always, like, if the Nazis came to power, they'd be like, oh, yes, um, those Jews. All corporations care about is money. If the money keeps flowing, they're happy. If the money, if there's a threat to the money, they will say whatever you want to say. You know, whatever power wants them to say, power will do. So that's one thing. Corporations have no principle. All they have is optimizing their revenue. Okay, so if they have no morality. They will just go with whatever is in the culture, right? So I mean, you know, like corporations work with Nazi slave labor. They're corporations like really cheap labor, you know? Um, but, and then individuals, mostly they're not like someone like Colin. Um, what usually happens to people is they get pressured and over time they reorient their orientation. They're like, you know what? Yeah, um, all of this stuff that I laughed at, it's totally true now. And then, you know, and there's been studies on uh, people in, 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 this, in the former Soviet Union and the communist flock. Um, they used to be dissident, and a lot of people just cracked and they would talk about how psychologically freeing it was to just be like everyone else. And not be out of step, right? So you have to be extremely disagreeable um, to, and, and not be collectivist and conformist. And we used to be much more accepting of that. We were never perfect, but we did have a culture of free speech uh, until relatively least recently. And I think now more like India, you know? Like pretty much like an
0: illiberal culture. Yeah, and. We- Words are violence. I've started listening to the hearing but you know what? You know what's violence? Jai Shri Ram. Yeah, yeah. What the hell? Like I don't understand this. Words are violence. Allah Wakbar. <laughs> there goes my podcast. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> so explain this to me. You live in an illiberal meme now. The the orthodoxy is illiberal now. Whether it's America, whether it's India, it pretends to be liberal. <laughs> and it is actually a liberal now in that case they try to go after your likelihood yeah. they they try to if, if that doesn't work friends uh, doesn't they go matter. after your friends yep. like one of the things that i learned the hard way uh, and i'm being very open here they they try to go after my family i mean Razim knows yeah. about yeah. what yeah. happened he was on the, one of the podcasts when i was yeah. viciously attacked yeah and uh, you know if they couldn't get to me so they go after my family. Yeah, that's the easiest angle right yeah. now. Yeah. So they process. know that's the Achilles heel. Right? Yeah. Everybody loves their family. Nobody yeah. wants their family to be engulfed in it. So, okay, if the family is kind of uh, cocoon now, so then they will find out, okay, the business. Right? I have seen cases over here inside the Indian community where the khalistanis not uh, uh, you may not understand uh, the, it's a uh, extremist it's Sikh, Sikh with the turbans yeah the people with the turbans <laughs> and the extremist My Sikh community the right there's an extremist element in the Sikh community now so, if anybody opposes a Khalistani in the United States of America, they start giving them bad reviews on Yelp or other places and their business just tanks. And it's this this targeted harassment of, of people across the world. It happens everywhere in the world, by the way. And everybody wants... It works. Yeah. And everybody does it. So, in a scenario like this, what I want to talk about is because in a way, all three of us are unique in the sense, I know you've been viciously attacked, but... In a way, we are trying to find out how do we become what I like to call unfuckable. Be unfuckable, not literally, but <laughs> metaphorically before somebody thinks. Okay, that's awesome. yeah. so, That's really problematic. Uh, yeah. So they can't, Just yeah. they can't destroy our career. They can't destroy our career. So in my own journey, I started my activism in 2009. Like, okay, I, I start, but I never stopped being an entrepreneur. Yeah. I always had my business. Yeah. I made sure that I build some capital, and then I opened my mouth. Yeah. Now everybody cannot do that. No. Yeah. It, it's so. So how do we build a system like Substack? Good. Like, yeah. I'm. I'm so happy that you know you guys are on Substack. By the way, I'm a subscriber to both of them. So everybody do subscribe. So the point is that okay, there's one Substack, but you know what scares me is. What if debacles?
2: Yeah. So yeah. okay, I will say other. Yeah, I've met the founders. They came to Austin. This is why you live in Austin. People come to Austin. Um, so I hung out with them. Founders are like rock solid. Not worried about them. Also, not worried about Stripe. Uh, Patrick Collison. I think I mean, as far as it goes, right? And no one's perfect. The issue with Substack is going to be once they get uh, acquired or there's a new team leading it, right? And so then. It's like when a Chechen comes in the room, run. No. <laughs> you canceled. But, uh, um, so basically, yeah, you have to worry about who's, because it's the people that matter, what their values are um, that really matters. And so, you know, what I'm going to do, what I do every week, and I tell, off, or I tell Colin to do this, just export your list every week and figure out a way to run, because you got to scramble, you got to hustle, you know? So it's like I've been like, um, you know, I mean, both Colin and I, Uh, There's a lot of jobs we can't have anymore because of the cultural change and what we've said in public, right? Well, we've figured out ways to hustle, right? Not everyone can do that. A lot of people are silently canceled. Um, so I say silently canceled, like people might not know what that mean. Like if you Google me, you Google Colin. Okay, you know we're like publicly controversial people, right? But there are people who lose their jobs and then try to get get an uh, inferior job because that's all they can do. No, nope, they're not famous people, right? They're just canceled within the corporation. Usually, honestly, all of that a lot of it has to do with uh, you know company or workplace politics and it's used against them and you never hear about all these people. There's probably a hundred of those, maybe a thousand of those for every one of us, right? So this is like a cold wind, like I said, going through our culture. And what really protects us is people, is virtue, is principle, is ethics, right and um at the end of the day we will win because truth reality you know reality is going to make a stand you know but truth reality and virtue historically have always won. maybe this is like different uh, maybe this is the time that evil will win but this is the Raz. yeah it is but you know kalki's coming you know so i'm just saying like it'll turn like there will be something different. Now, maybe we're not gonna make it through that. Maybe we're we're gonna just have to like keep the light, you know, going in the darkness and then after we go, after we pass, after we die, or maybe it'll be in the next ten years, you know? So I'm just trying to make it until then, I'm trying to raise good kids, I have three kids. You know, with the with the principles. Um, you know, my thing is is very simple. Like Have you ever betrayed a friend? Right now, a lot of people will, and they're still good people, they're weak. That's what I say. People are weak. So, to be strong is to stand in the face of the mob when they come for your friend. Like, you know, there's things like that your family, your friends. And, like, those of you who read about the Cultural Revolution know that in the Cultural Revolution, people were forced to denounce each other. Because once you denounce the people close to you, you have nothing except the mob. Like, they have you, they have your soul, you've already sold it for your own comfort you've already sold your friends down the river and once you do that you have nothing but the mob and that's how they get you right they make you sacrifice your principles so stick to your principles if you can you know like we've figured out ways to make a living you know frankly an okay living okay now they're gonna come after me. you know but <laughs> you don't always want
0: to signal that right so that's just my little thing like you know yeah but this is what worries me exactly and like like what what happened with him is actually very scary. It didn't, well yeah. yeah but it's very predictable. He you know,
2: yeah. I told
1: him immediately it's, what would happen when I, once he wrote that article in the black. Yeah, yeah. Well that that was the thing that started off the whole cancellation process. But with you know, the whole payment processor becoming political, that's like a whole other layer of stress that's added on top of everything else because you know, a lot of people like I me and Razib go on places like Substack, because it offers us like this autonomy that's Uncancelability type uh, of thing, or at, least, unfuckability, <laughs> or at least we thought, you know, but in a way, it just sort of makes it so we're just really attached to a very certain payment platform uh, whose terms of service can change temporarily. Yeah, it's you like putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. That's what worries me. So I, I always, when I left, so I used to work at Fair, I used to work at Quillette, and I didn't expect, you know, there's no way that Claire would have ever, you know, fired me. For, no, 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 or for like, from a from her mob, mob reasons or anything like that. Yeah. Because she's very pro free speech. But it's still like I didn't want to have a boss over. That's why I kind of left there because you know it's just not as secure. If someone else is, is controlling mean, money. He knows. So it was just like I'm gonna go on Substack. I'm gonna get all these donations from. You know, we have a thousand bosses now rather than yeah. just one boss. But it's still like they all need to use. Stripe or DonorBox or PayPal. There still needs to be something so, to pull that through. Yeah, so those are like the little areas of weakness, the little weaknesses in the chain. And that's why we see all this focus of Media Matters right now to like put pressure on DonorBox and Stripe and all these payment processors because they know that that's what we're completely reliant on now. So it's the one. Yeah, but in, the ch- Rasev, in that sense, then
0: Balaji is right. Right? Uh, Balaji Srinivasan and his. Uh, so he actually looked at this specific problem of processors and he's like the only way out of this is basically decentralized uh, network states as Balaji likes to call it. Yeah, a very interesting book. I don't know if you've read his book. I read his book. No, I it's it's an amazing book, an amazing idea. And you may not agree with everything Balaji says and sometimes you might even think Balaji overestimates things. I mean, I don't know. But... I think Balaji does, in a way, provide a solution to yeah, this but, very problem, like, right? He's been aware of this for decades. I mean, yeah. exactly. he's ahead of the curve in that. Yeah, sense. He's been aware of this for decades. So he knows you've got to be something... What he's talking about is,
2: like, you know, you got to be anti-fragile. Exactly. Right? And we're not, because, like, you know, we're relying on the good graces of, you know, the ginger warlord, Patrick Collison, you know? <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm all for, like, the decentralized crypto options. I mean, when people... You know, when I say I got cancelled from PayPal, everyone's like, do Bitcoin. I was like, well, I, I actually do accept Bitcoin, but like, it's just not as mainstream. everyone's heard of Bitcoin, but not everyone has a Bitcoin wallet or sending it actively, right? Network
0: externally. So it
1: just needs, there needs to be like that whole interface needs to set up. I'm all for it. So I hope we can get to that place where you have like the actual uncancelable by I mean, design, not just because the person at the top let's safe. You could also be unbanked. That's what scares me
2: because I think that, uh, just we, just you could be unbanked, like you could like Bank of America could say no. But
0: but then, yeah, I mean that's well, to think about it. No to you. Terrorists across the world cannot bank because the the whole idea is they harm society. Yeah, of no, course. The state can't. has that problem. What if tomorrow the state declares anybody who does this 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 is persona non grata, and you they put you on no fly zones.
1: I mean, it could be. I, I was called a terrorist just this last month because of. I think he's a det- the I think he's a deterministic
2: month. terrorist. Actually, I don't think there's anything <laughs> random about it. I think he aims to terrorize and
1: pretty peaceful. Yeah, yeah, but, it's, it's but, but language, then he's like, a terrorist is a subset of terrorists. So, like, you know, yeah, it's scary because I'm
0: telling you, uh, I I have seen. Now, I'm not trying to dump on uh, on India over here because I actually like my country. I-, I live there by choice. But look, I know when the state wants to go after you, what it can do to you. I- I've seen it with yeah. my own eyes. Yeah. yeah. I-, I have seen it. I know obviously India is a thousand times better than, you know, their na- the neighboring nations. But the point is that even in India, I know laws if the state like anand ranganathan you know he's an indian intellectual he he's a public uh, he's a scientist and anand always says this line i am outside it, jail in india is only because the indian state in its wisdom has decided i'm not worthy enough to be jailed sure hmm. Anand says that all the time and he says that to everybody because there might be like 100 people in India who are like absolutists when it comes to free speech and unfortunately Anand Ranganath and myself and a few others on social media and that, and in that group and we like Razip knows I get abru- abused by everybody for my stand on free speech but he should not be allowed to have free speech about his stand on free speech. Yes, that's exactly what it is but... This bothers me, and I was closely following. Like uh, your now, nothing bothered me more because again, philosophy background. So this one bothered me the most. Your trolley problem picture. Okay, oh, yeah. Who the fuck did not understand that? how illiterate are people like i remember i messaged you i was like nice picture you use the trolley problem i was like wow somebody uses philosophy yeah. to show this and he gets uh, no, no, okay. there's two things
2: stupid and evil okay a lot of people are stupid but there's also a minority who understand exactly what he's trying to say but they're evil right and so they just want to get it they just want to spin it so they'll figure out a way and the stupid people
1: they'll follow that Fortunately it got overturned. I mean, I think they were going after the fact that the person on the trolley problem pulling the switch was a person wearing a dress and had a beard. But I very specifically labeled that person trans activism and not activist. Because that wasn't when I wasn't, I don't want to do the targeted harassment. Uh, you got to be really careful. You got
2: to be really be careful. Because you there are, was an idea. There, there are gods you among know. us in the United States. There's a certain class of people who are yep.
0: gods. Because this is Kali Yuga. Yep, you and know? and everything's flipped. So I'll tell you about YouTube. Every now and then, sneakily, they change the community guidelines. How the hell am I supposed to follow the community guidelines as a content creator? Do they really expect me to sit down on a daily basis or hire a team of lawyers? That will read the community guidelines, scan my content. I do live streams. I do live streams most of the times. So 90% of my content is live streams. They literally, you know, these people sound a lot like bureaucrats in India. Because the bureaucrat in India will write a thousand page law. And then they'll be like, you did not follow the law. You fucker, you wrote a thousand page law law book. How the hell am I supposed to read it? Yeah. So, it the terms and conditions on social media are exactly like that now luckily in the case of youtube and this is by sheer luck china doesn't allow youtube youtube desperately needs india so as of now they're playing nice yeah i'm being very clear like twitter doesn't give a shit twitter is an activist platform now and and i can guarantee you twitter will meddle in indian elections in 2024 when the, the parliamentary elections come, they're going to meddle in them. And the Indian government, don't be surprised, they'll shut them down. They will shut Twitter down for good. Because the Indian government, when it wanted to do it, they shut TikTok down. TikTok's not available in India. But these things are then, the, what What do we do? Eventually, every country is going to have its own platform then. Like China. then. So these morons, these Puritans... The only good thing about social media was how did we get to know each other? It was purely through Twitter. We came across each other because of social media where here was a platform where everybody across the world goes there. You may not agree with everything they say, but you still talk to them and you get to know and you learn new things. These idiots in the puritanism have actually made sure that we go back to the centralized times where every country has their own platform. How does this help anyone, man? Well, I mean...
2: Yeah. So I have to say, you know, in defense of the greatest country in the world, um, where, you know, we have people like beautiful women like Lizzo, um, you know, we did American free speech norms in the the late 20th century. um, And the fact that we spearheaded the internet and kind of controlled the internet in a way I think we controlled like ICANN for a while. I don't know the details. Did create kind of like a um, golden age free speech on the internet for about 20 years. You know, and now there are people who are saying like, I think, the, I don't know if it was the Prime Minister of New Zealand, but there are people who, Western people who are saying, you know, China was right about the internet, you know? Oh, you're talking about Jacinda's latest speech? Did she? That was scary. Yeah. But like, like, there's a lot of like Anglo Western people that are now coming on board to like the Saudi and the Chinese view. Whereas like 20 years ago, we were like, no, you know, like unless it's like illegal, you know, like you're trafficking, whatever. Everything is a go,
0: right? Okay, I have a question for you because I think Colin may not be in a position to answer. Okay, what is wrong with this country? Gender is fluid. caste is rigid.
2: Who, who the... So a lot of that sort of stuff has to do with... So, for example, gender is fluid in identity, but, um, you know, Rachel Dolezal is a horrible person. Uh, just for the Indians out there, she identifies as African-American,
0: but she's white by birth. Oh yeah, so transracialism is not cool. Yeah, I don't, you shouldn't even say the word. (laughs) Who (laughs) gives a shit? Seriously, I don't understand half these things over here.
2: Every time I come... It doesn't, the only thing that makes sense is it's not about reason, it's not about logic, it's not about evidence, it's not about coherence. It's about feeling, who gets to feel and who is in a position. So we are in the Kali Yuga and the, honestly, the stupidest, the ugliest, the most aggrieved, the most sensitive, They get to determine everything, okay. So, if you are a tall, fit, white man, you know, from an upper middle class, well off background, zip it. You don't get to speak, you don't get to
0: determine, you don't get to say, you're supposed to listen, you know. But you know what the irony is, Razip, as a Hindu. And which is uh which is also known in the United yeah. States as a white supremacist. Yeah, and and we're white adjacent. So, Colin, congratulations! You have new white people with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who invented who invented a uh, word Aryan and swastika? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that that that's the worst part over here. But okay, so let's talk. I don't know how to say this, but. Like, how the hell do we get out of this mess is what I'm concerned about. Balaji Srinivasan has one solution. I don't know how and mm-hmm. how anybody or any nation state would actually sign up to that idea that Balaji has. That, that, to me, that's the crux. That is one solution. But let's say we are where we are right now. So there are different content creators across the globe... How do we, and, and look, when when I actually tweeted about it that I'm going to meet you too and I'm going to record, there so many young kids who message me privately, email me privately, when are you going to talk to Raziv, when are you going to talk to Colin, I want to see you guys. So basically, how do content creators who are for free speech across the globe, you'll find someone in Pakistan, you'll find someone in Bangladesh, Burma, England, United States of America, Canada, whatever. How do these people now have each other's back is something that they need to start talking about. And I don't see that happening. Everybody is basically like, how oh, do I survive the next sure. year? But I think people then, need to they, think they, 10 years line. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're going to pick us
2: off one by one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, Well, I mean, it has to be... So I think the Chris Rujos of the world would say to go for the, the political round, get the laws on the books first, and then try to change the culture a second because we need a stopgap, something we can't just let them completely take over the institutions and change all the rules. We have to, like, actually do the legal and political fight as well. Wow. And yeah. I agree a lot with that, but there is still, like, the cultural change, but that's the thing that takes a lot longer to do. You know, that's nothing – you can't just – you know, it's just one conversation at a time. And fortunately, a lot of people – have a lot of bad ideas, then there's a lot of minds to be changed, and a lot of those minds probably are never going to change. I mean, it could could be just like a generational thing that has to just sort of go through and spread and die out. I don't know. You know why? Because if... Elon Musk was.
0: I don't know if he's gonna buy Twitter or not. It's so confusing. I don't know. So he, he might be forced to. That. Yeah. So you know, Elon Musk right now is. You know how in India we start that he loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. Just taking out rose petals right now. That's the status of Elon Musk and Twitter. Like he's gonna buy it. He's not gonna buy it. He's gonna buy it. He's not gonna buy it. That's what we are at. But that's such a shitty situation that we are relying on one multi-billionaire, trillionaire, whatever he is. That. Oh Lord, please save us by buying this company we like a lot. That's a pathetic way to solve a problem. Why should we rely on Elon Musk and his fuck you money basically. That's what he has. He's bored, he will buy one company. But that's not a healthy solution. But let's say... I always say, like how do other content creators realize the gravity of this? Okay, I understand the political part. I mean, I'm as political as it gets. I've never hidden it. i'm'm I'm, I, I am a political Hindu. I always say that that's my first priority. I, I always look at the political aspect of everything. but the point is that beyond politics, there is a reality where we have to look at some way where we support each other, right. I don't even see that happening. I don't even see that discussion happening. I'll give you an example. So, I am a YouTuber from India, right? they're Indian origin or they see origin, like Indian subcontinent origin content creators. What should be happening even at the level of that community is they should be having conferences amongst themselves, like, okay, how do we help each other, right? Nothing happens. Everybody is just focused on how do I get my next monthly payment? It's not a stable model at all. They're yeah. gonna eventually bump no. you off every fact. Part- well, I mean, that's, that's how we got here.
2: Right, and so let go back to what I'm saying. Like, um, is your ultimate value truth, freedom, the American way, as it used to be, or is it money? If your value is money, you will cave immediately. Right? Money has no principle. Uh, money will just chase power, right? So you have to just ask yourself, like, are you here for money? Or are you here because you have something to say, right? And so um, I think we need to talk about the culture and the virtues and the ethics and the morals that we have and, you know, just going along with other people. So, um, for example, there's this idea of reading the room, right? Um, you know, do you guys you know what that means? To, is, that, is that a thing in India? so everybody reads the room they, they might understand it in a different way but you can yeah explain it just the- means that it basically just means that like oh like sometimes you shouldn't say things and you know what like i'm gonna say it like i don't believe that's like that's really like a microaggression against me because i'm a non-room reader i can say what i think as so i don't really care you know like i really it really makes me angry when people say you need to read the room I'm like no i'm not gonna read the room i'm never gonna read the room i'm just gonna say what i think you know and that's just me and uh, i'm gonna be true to who i am um of course there's situations where you know maybe someone will kill me i don't know if i'm like in cotter you know um okay like i did go do consulting there um probably did a little bit more room reading than i did in the united states but the united states no one's forcing us to read the room we are forcing ourselves to read the room you know there's no government Um, You're not going to get killed. People are just going to yell at you. And
0: if people yell at you, so be it. I'm okay with that. But is the government as powerful as the corporations now, Colin, in your view in America? Is what is powerful? Is the government still more powerful than the corporations in America?
1: I mean, they can change the laws if they want to. It's just there's there's sort of a a culture of being hands-off in a lot of companies, I mean, this is something that comes across a lot of the conservatives because they traditionally don't want to have government interference in, in private companies, but then on certain issues, when you have these companies essentially being used to outsource tyranny, then this is when a lot of people want to come in and say, that you know, this, actually, we do need to come in here because this is actually limiting the freedom so
0: basically freedom. they extend the first amendment it's 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 such a weird scenario that what is the section 270 or 277 yeah yeah in, in, it's, in it's America? 70, i think it's 270, it's 270 right that 30? protects corporations under the yeah. first amendment right uh, whatever fact check me get it you can google it whatever you can you speak in hindi yeah okay, okay. i was gonna swear yeah. in hindi so i was like <laughs> speaking that's problematic we don't know what yeah saying. so but the point is that either the government then applies the first amendment in a lopsided way where it says you just cannot so i'll give you an example i think poland or hungary one of the countries has now come up with a law that none of these social media platforms can cancel people until and unless the government over there approves it. Now it's very interesting. I, I think the Indian government is also going to do this. They they are really worried about because see at the end, and and I kind of sympathize with that view because you cannot let American corporations control Indian uh, Indian landscape. Th- that's a serious foreign policy issue and that's a national security issue. You cannot have that happening in any country because sovereignty of a nation is very important. But in that case in America, how do like Brad Pulombo? So I was talking to Brad. And I asked him, he's like, no, nothing should be done to corporations. He's a libertarian, no yeah, offense. Yeah, he, Brad's like hardcore libertarian. And he was like, no, the government should not be allowed to interfere because what if tomorrow the same government that gives... So my whole idea was like, like Joe Rogan also says this, right? You treat these platforms like a public highway. Yeah, common carrier, right? And they're like a telephone uh, carrier. And if you are providing this, you cannot deplatform people. You just cannot do that. Until and unless... There is an exception for national security. And national security is categorically defined, very clearly defined that this is a national security threat, which I think the American government in, in a way does. Now, if you extend that, the libertarians in America say that should not happen. So how do you win in such a scenario then?
1: I'm not sure how to win. I mean, because you do have the ability for companies to make their own terms of service. You know, we just have to instill the, the sort of culture of free speech that Razi was talking that we've kind of lost And I don't think there's a quick way to do that. I don't think there's, like, a silver bullet. So do you think the stand-up comics have also given up? Um, I know a lot of them who have, but, I mean, there are some big names that are carrying that torch, And they're doing things independently, of course. Yeah. But they have to do, you know, because, like, people are like, oh, like, Louis C.K.
2: and Chappelle are okay. And it's like, kind of, but, like, Louis C.K. is having to do everything because nobody wants to work with him. That's what I've heard. Yeah. I mean, so the people want to hear him, but all of the workers, like, don't want to get in trouble because they work for Louis. C. Again, untouchability, ritual pollution, being in the same room, working for someone, defending someone as a lawyer—all of the things. You know, like we used to say back in the day. You know, if you don't defend speech that you find abhorrent, you don't really believe in free speech. Mm-hmm. Um, or, for example, the American legal system—it's a presumption of innocence. So, you know, lawyers defend. Child rapists, or, you know, and people would say, Well, you know, someone everyone needs a defense, even the most evil people. Today, though, um, woke people are starting to attack people that yeah. are defense lawyers, and that's a very it's kind of a non weird view, it's actually like a non American view, but it's like a lot of the woke stuff isn't actually uh, progressive, it's actually feudal.
1: I think they, that uh, was somebody who was defending. Was it the I think Weinstein? Yeah, Yeah. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. one of the lawyers was from.
2: Yeah, one of Harvey Weinstein's uh, lawyers was like attacked by students at Harvard because you defended a rapist, and that makes us feel unsafe. It's it's dumb. Okay, like this is all really dumb. What kind of a generation is going to be? We got TikTok generation. Yay! they're not listening right now because it's already gone. You know, more than two minutes. Yeah, but. So, is this generation is going to defend this country? No, they're not. This country's going down the hill. But it's not their fault. We're on the decline. It's, it's, not, their, yeah. it's not their fault. It's the boomers' fault. Cause Everything's the boomers' fault.
1: It's, it's going to take a generation of people to realize how much the woke stuff messed things up in order to then grow up with that in mind to then change.
2: Yeah. Right, I, I a meaningful way. Look, there's precedence. Um, China uh, had the great leap forward where millions of people died in the late 50s, and they had a cultural revolution where about a million people died and um, they got rid of grades. And after about seven years of Cultural Revolution, people just started ignoring everything. And they'd be like, oh, we're gonna send you to a work camp. And people were like, okay, whatever. I, like, I've denounced everybody. Like, There's nothing more I can do. And then they realized, oh, we can't send the whole country to a work camp. So I guess we're just gonna end this. So it ended kind of abruptly. And then there were other things with the economy where they started experimenting with um, capitalism, with private ownership. Uh, because they couldn't feed their country and local authorities started saying, you know what, look, they might send us to jail, but we're also all gonna starve if we don't try this. And so in the late 70s, they started experimenting without the um, central government's authority actually. And then when they were caught, they were like, okay, we're in shit. And the central government was like, oh, actually you're producing like 50% more output. Uh, Maybe we should try this, you know? So at at the end of the day, reality hits you in the face and you need to change. A, A really concrete example is they got rid of grades and um, that's actually kind of a big problem when you're talking about training civil and mechanical engineers. Wait, there are no grades in America? Yeah, because no, no, this is in China. So I'm using the example of China. Oh, okay. So they were killing professors, you know, they were, you know, like they made one professor like eat her own feces and she died and stuff like that, the students, because it was like against the four olds and all that stuff, right? And so they got rid of grades or the professors would just give everyone top grades because that way the students wouldn't get mad. Sound familiar? But um, what started happening was, you know, bridges started collapsing because the engineers that were being graduated, turns out they didn't really know how to do this, but they got like perfect grades. (laughs) And so they're like, okay, we got to reintroduce grades. Now China has the Gaokao culture, like everything is back to the way it used to be in China. And actually, like if you look at Greg Carr's work in economic history, um, the Chinese today, the Chinese elite today, is actually descended mostly from the pre-communist elite. So they all came back even after they lost all their property and all their power that they had like social cultural capital and you know, hustle and they're the ones who are actually in charge, not the proletariat or the, you know, that sort of thing.
1: Well, we have that same push in the U S to sort of get rid of, yep. get rid of grades, get rid of all the tests and get rid of the GRE and SAT, all those things. But yeah. I
0: remember that. I remember I had read something on your sub stack and I had written that I come from India and uh, the only thing Indians care about is their grades.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. see, okay, grades are actually white supremacy culture. So white people came up with grading
1: too?
2: Yes, and and literacy and testing. So what the fuck were we doing? And excellence. <laughs> well, I mean, you were like, basically what I've read and heard from white people, particularly white women, to be honest, is that in India there was no gender and it was a utopia and um, people didn't know how to farm because the British had to teach them and they like hunted in the forest um, but uh, you know I, I don't know it's just like stupid things
0: like that you know these are ignorant stupid so do these progressive so they are ultra progressive on steroids kind of white people do they realize how condescending they sound no. when they when they say things like rationality is white supremacism uh, and uh, like you are imposing white standards do they, what the fuck are we then like we were idiots going around oh no, no, no. I don't think you're know, what, what, what would well, we like, do? You're really good at that. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I find it really offensive. Like... Razib knows this. How many times I have privately DM'd Rasip with some crazy white person saying something. I was like, what the fuck do these people think we are?
2: Um, The term crazy is very problematic, by the way. They can go fuck themselves seriously.
1: (laughs) Well, what was that when the museum had that list of like the culture of white supremacy, had things like perfectionism on there and always trying to get the right answer. Uh, Basically, all the good stuff. Yeah, all the good stuff. And like the the people who would endorse that are like woke people and then like people in the Klan literally saying like, yeah, perfectionism. It's a white thing.
0: I I saw this magazine cover over here, which had... I don't want to talk about the race of the person, but extremely obese people on it, and they say that is good. <laughs> okay, look, I, I am an ex-patty. I'm going to call myself that. You can't even cancel me. I was fat. I was, was slurred too. Yeah, and and I lost weight. I lost like I don't know. That's you've been you've been um colonized by white supremacy culture. Yeah, so that's the white person in me, I guess. So I I lost like 25 kilos or something. It is around more than yeah, 50 that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. that's more than 50 it's pounds, back, bro. Yeah, and you know that's the best thing that happened to me in my life like I, I know i had injuries i got like i used to love playing badminton but i was obese and i i injured myself and then i lost weight because i got frustrated i can't play badminton anymore because my weight was so much that i just couldn't get up at times i would have these pains uh this like scooting pain all the time and then i lost weight and the pain is gone i can play badminton again i can run around and i didn't need a surgery i, I could actually avoid the surgery and now I see these <laughs> magazine covers over here that say yeah. you are fat shaming people. Like, honestly, if the one thing I would thank Joe Rogan for, like, I like his podcast, I do listen to him. Like, you know, his discussion on. It's hard on that. Yeah. He goes hard on it. I don't know if he fat shames, but oh, he, he does. does talk about it. He's he fat shames, You know, amazing. he helped me a lot. Like, my wife would watch for this. She's like, I would listen to Rogan all the time, and he would talk about this, and I would, you know, I like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. It, it just helped me. So if I ever meet yeah. Joe Rogan, I would actually say thanks. Yeah, he's in town. Yeah. In town. I would actually thank that man for making me go to that direction. And I lost weight because of that because I started listening to Rogan six six or seven years ago and yeah. he would talk about it all the time and it helped me. And now I come to America and apparently you are amazing if you're
1: overweight. Yeah, well, it's flipped between, you know, from not shaming people because of their weight or, you know, denigrating them or making yeah. fun of them. To now glorifying it, you know, so it's it's just completely, you can't have like a a good medium where it's like you, you you know, people have dignity,
2: and you shouldn't be mean. That's what you teach your kids. On the other hand, you know, basically what I would say, and this is like problematic, I don't care, is uh, if you are 300 pounds, you shouldn't be. You should be lighter than that because you you don't move in the world the way you should move in the world. Your bone structure, everything, is not designed for being 300 pounds. You are not gonna be as happy of a person 300 pounds as you would be at whatever weight you should be at i mean yes there's some people who are like seven foot five they should be 300 pounds but the normal person you know 150 Well, if you're a man 150 to 200 whatever low 200s there's a range and like i've gained 20 pounds in the last year there's some issues i've been just really you know with work i'm gonna try to lose the end this is the heaviest i've ever been and i move differently in the world than i
0: did last year just because of the weight gain and i'm not even obese you know officially yeah and you know what bothers me? Okay, I I understand what you said. I'm gonna pick that. Yeah, we should not be mean to people. But yeah, I don't know. We grew up in an environment we were mean to our friends all the time. That's yes. just what we did growing up. I don't I'm know about of- the culture over
1: here, but we were mean to our friends all the yeah. time.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm mean to you because there's so much to be mean about. You
1: know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you can you can have there can be like social. Pressuring that doesn't yeah I understand to the level of like a ridicule yeah, you know yeah. like bullying th- there should yeah be... I mean it's like but you all have yeah. nicknames like you I, know you're yeah. like,
2: yo what's up Motka?
1: yeah, yeah. You know? I, I yeah. think we should all feel some social pressure to like steer us in certain ways that are to be the best you can be flourishing to for be the best
0: yeah. you can be so I'll give you an example so the Thursday show that I do with Sham Sharma and Abhijita Yarmitra, which is kind of popular right and on that show we have a running theme where Abhijit mocks racism inside our own community. Like Razi will understand what I'm saying. Abhijit purposely calls me Kala. Yeah. Black. He yeah. purposely does that to mock Indians. Yeah. Because Indians are also racist. Yeah. But... oh, that's impossible. No, no. Indians can also be well, racist. White, white supremacists. Right? right? So he purposely does that. So he always says, oh Kushal, you know, you are Kala. Kind of a thing. It's a running joke we have. And we always do this. Or I always you know in a joke, like so Abhijit is gay, so he'll make fun of gay folks because he can, he's gay, so we'll make fun of each other and now I want to talk about something very interesting like okay I get the standard line of not being mean and and I get it, I try to be as respectful as I can but then it doesn't apply to white people in America, doesn't apply to Brahmins in India. You know, yeah, what but, about that, but the whole idea is punching up. So again, it's not. What the fuck is punching up? Okay, so the issue is positionality. So
2: again, it's like, a poor white guy. It's it's stand. Okay, that guy's got like a lot of privilege, and also it's really fun to make fun of him because he doesn't have all his teeth <laughs> and he's poor. And, so a lot of it is okay. So I think there's. Let me like try to break it, and I'll let you speak, Colin. Because I'm sorry, I'm Bengali. I can't help it. Um, but uh, so I think the issue is like you know, there's this fakeness that there's a principle. There's not a principle. It's all about winning. That's about who whom. Uh, it's about knocking people down. It's like middle school or junior high, whatever you want to call it, right? Grade eight, you know? So that's a lot of what's going on. So you figure out an angle where you can punch up at someone because that means that they can't fight back. So, you know, tall white male, privileged person, I can verbally abuse him all I want and he can't, he has to listen because I'm an underprivileged con, you know? Like I'm a Dalit in America you know and so i get to say whatever i want and he gets to listen it doesn't matter like i can say like you know you should be raped with a broom that doesn't matter what i say doesn't matter what matters is he learns from my depravity i guess i don't know but you know so that's the one thing it's who whom like who's getting attacked and so like um a lot of like, you know, so there's a lot of uh, you know, 25% of Indian Americans are Brahmin, right? Or Hindu Indian Americans are Brahmin. And, you know, I've talked to like Brahmin people who are like, you know, because like an, as an oppressed, like colonial person to like white people, I'm like, I see what you're doing, Mr. Ayer, you know? But like I know like you know, who you had working for you and what you had, you know, and they'll be like, oh, okay, you know. So now white people are cottoning onto this and they're trying to be racist against Brahmins, which I I oppose that. On the other hand, I also oppose like Indian Americans who are just saying, "Oh, we were oppressed." I'm like, "You weren't oppressed. You were the oppressors." Okay? Like it, like the Dalits are not coming to the United States. 1% of Indian Americans are Dalit, right? So that's another thing. They're like, "Oh, there's this all this like caste prejudice something." I there's no caste prejudice. 25% of Indian Americans, like 80% are upper caste. By, you know, like they're not the general category as they are yeah, all like the 80% Indian. are general category, right? And so it's like it's like an oppression Olympics where they like American and, and white Americans don't know any of this,
0: you know? So they're just trying to figure stuff yeah, out. but it's the white Americans that are fucking the Hindu community over with this nonsense. Yes, but they have they have an adjacent brigade. You know, not you. <laughs> they have the,
2: an adjacent like Priya. I call her Priya from Brookline, you know? <laughs> so they have an adjacent brigade and that brigade's goal is to like increase their status within American society by saying, yeah, like, you know, we accept our Brahmin privilege And, you know, yeah, Indian and Hinduism is bad because that's what they want to hear. And, like, does this matter? Does this make any rational sense? No, it doesn't. Because the monster needs to be fed. Like, the monster needs
0: targets. And so the monster will produce targets. I'll let you speak white men. Let the white
1: man speak. There's there's a a melding of, like, the standpoint epistemology that you get from the, I guess, the, what would you call just the woke? Tell them what epistemology is. That's a weird word. So it's just how we approach knowledge, how you, it how you come knowledge. To, yeah, basically. And so the standpoint of epistemology would say that, you know, you have certain uh, privileged ways of knowing what's true based on, you know, your positionality. So how you exist in relations of oppression to other people, basically. And so, you know, these kind of start from like a nugget of truth where it's just like, yeah, I probably don't, well, I don't have the experience of, to racism that a black one might be experiencing in a certain yeah. area. And, you know, if we're talking about the experience of racism in lives. I'm probably going to like maybe paying more attention to what a black woman has to say than, than myself, you know, there's, so there's like that nugget of truth where like, I'm going to defer to someone who's probably had these experiences that I haven't had. So they sort of melded that with the whole intersectionality type of thing, which is, taking all the different ways anyone can be oppressed and stacking them up and, you know, basically adding adding how many of these you have and then that, in their mind, gives you the ability to then be like the oracle to talk on whatever thing you want to, as long as you have a a higher positionality than someone else does. So you can, you you, you use these scores to make yourself the lowest rung and then that kind of simultaneously makes you the highest, uh, gives you the most ability to speak truth into the world basically you know what this fucking sounds
0: but it's like that's all fake that's all fake they don't care about truth. truth they care about power yeah it's it's just power you know what this sounds like this sounds like a fucking ulema this is a ummah there is a global left-wing ummah yeah the ummah shall not agree okay. upon it yeah, yeah. There is a global left-wing ummah that wants to have an ulema with different branches everywhere in the world. The Muslim will get it. Uh, and they are now the new certifying agency. So, this fucking sounds like a notary. And these these are notarized. Exactly. You know, there are notaries everywhere in the world. Exactly. So, white man wants to speak about a certain issue. So, are you certified white man? This is what literally what you explained to me sounds a lot like 1960s
1: socialist India. I mean, it's happening in a lot of different industries because we talk about, you know, we need to have these parallel economies now because all the woke stuff is in these institutions. We need to found new institutions. Well, then you have something like an accrediting agency that makes schools have the ability to even function. Well, you have the DEI folks who go in there and say, well, in order to even become accredited, you need to have these DEI policies. So they, they put in the exact thing that we're trying to escape by having a new institution. They make it so you can't do it because you need to bow down and kiss the emblem on the robe before you can even starting your institution and if you're starting your institution based on those policies then there's no point in having this, this how can this not be a religion this is exactly like a yeah. fucking religion yeah. all the debates on like is it ever i mean it's it, is. it, it functions and so there's so much overlap like everyone has like a different definition of what boxes need to be checked yeah. like, not only it that, checks like 95 percent of the boxes as no matter,
0: the only non-monotheist in this room. I can tell you this is- No, like, I'm an atheist. But like, yeah, come on, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, but he's an atheist too. Yeah, I know. All, all three of us are disbelievers for the record, but the point is that this is the new monotheism. This is exactly what monotheism is. It's like there is a certifying authority. There's a larger rubric. There is this one thing. Uh, uh, mean, everybody so has died. Heard. The issue is like
2: he died for our sins in June of 2020. Don't say the name. <laughs> you do not say the name of the savior. <laughs> It's a rule. Hashem. Yeah, the name.
0: And this is so fucked up. Like when I listen to this, the way you are explaining, what I, and look, it's it it makes me sick to see what has happened to you. You know, any decent human, Wait, being him specifically? Like, Why? Why is he such a decent guy so good? <laughs> he's such a you know he's such a mild mannered guy. Like we, you know, you and I are the assholes actually in the room, basically. You <laughs> should be careful. <laughs> yeah. So and and. The way they do this, like I remember when his Twitter account had gone and I was trying to reach out to him. I was like, Where the fuck do I reach out to him? The thing is, I was still
1: receiving the email saying, You received a private message from Krishal, but I couldn't read it. Well, I could actually read it because my emails from Twitter let me read it, but I couldn't respond. And so, like, they severed my relationship with all all my connections.
0: So messed up. And, and, And this is what I don't like. And maybe, look, because I'm conscious of our time too. And okay, so. Both of you should have the last word. So what do we do now? The Because I don't want to talk about negativity. I still see some positivity in, in all of this. I believe that there are enough people. Look, if there were not enough people, we would not be growing as content creators. Let me put it very clearly. Rajiv, Substack has grown. Your Substack has grown. My podcast has grown. That's what I'm talking about, bro. Like, really? don't leave me hanging.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yes, so so obviously there's something good that is happening too. Otherwise we would not you know yeah. they only come after you is because they feel threatened by you. They only feel threatened by people. <laughs> right. Well most most people are not attracted to evil. They commit evil when they feel like they have no choice. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, what, you know. okay so for let, let the white man go first for this. What? Yeah. Yeah. So so tell me how how
1: what do you envisage in the future now? You know, I'm just trying to mainly do the same type of thing which is try to expand the the, ty- the topics we're able to even speak about publicly about these issues because you know the there had been such a restriction of that. That this is what all I've been trying to do for the last 4 years. And so when I first started out nobody even knew what the problem was i was trying to say that you know people think sex is a spectrum and isn't is a social construct and they'd come back at me i've read some of the comments of some of my old articles from like 2018 everyone's like oh this guy doesn't even realize the difference between sex and gender and i was like i promise i do and they're they're messing up both of these things so people thought that i had no idea what i was talking about back then they didn't even know what the problem was now we sort of snowballed to a point where we know what's going on people are, are aware of what's happening And people are getting more and more bold to speak out against this stuff. So I don't think there's like any one thing we need to just do to like put a silver bullet in this thing to kill it. It's just going to be more of the same, more of the accumulating of people speaking up against this stuff. And eventually that's going to be, in my view, just enough to sort of...
0: One more question. Time. Do you plan on diversifying in the content landscape too? maybe go beyond the sex and gender stuff? I know it's kind of yeah. uh, taking all your time right now.
1: Yeah. So in the in the immediate future, it's probably going to be the sex and gender stuff. because I think that's kind of what's needed most right now. And we're, we're kind of reaching a fever pitch on this with the whole children's hospital stuff going on. A lot of the videos that have been released about the types of surgeries that are happening to minors and things like that so that's something that needs to be really focused on at least in the the next year why don't you just
2: say the surgeries Because like a lot of indian listeners and viewers are not going to know what you're talking about
1: so basically there's a a lot of hospitals all over the country and private practices that if you have a son or daughter and they think that because of their behavior that they were born in the wrong body, they know they're gender non-conforming. You can they can say that they have gender dysphoria and you can take your 13 year old daughter to have her breasts removed in a private practice. What? And it's completely <laughs> and this is completely kosher. No. Or you can have your 17 year old son um, I think the family to say kosher by the way. Have his penis inverted and turned into a vagina. But, but what? or you can have your your daughter 17 okay, years old this. actually it's it's not even 17 they they have just recently removed the age restrictions on these things who the fuck are these people where if your daughter thinks that they're actually a boy stuck in a girl's body they can have their forearm skin removed to have turned into a neophallus that has hair growing on the inside of it unless you get a laser oh my god afterwards. And uh, it is incapable of functioning.
2: Why the fuck did you tell him to explain this? What? Don't you think they need to know what's what's happening?
1: This this was happening to children um, in the United States because of gender pseudoscience, and so this has been exposed by the Boston Children's Hospital. There was a big, it's the biggest, one of the one of the best hospitals for for children medicine and. Okay, I'm gonna do
0: the devil's advocate. No, that is an exaggeration. This is not exactly what they're doing. And you are, uh, you have put them under danger, or you or who's that guy who did that documentary recently? What is a woman? Matt Walsh, Walsh. like he has put these people under danger. They need
1: security, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's scientific papers, trust the science. You can see the people that are getting the children that are having double mastectomies at 13 years old. Vagina is at 17, this is, weird. is at 17. This is really weird. I do not know about this. That's really problematic that you use the W word
2: in reference to that.
0: What the fuck, that is also not allowed in this country anymore?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, what is normal, what is weird?
0: Who the hell gives a fuck about this? They can all go screw themselves with my answer to all of this. Like, I yeah. I can't keep up with this yeah. shit. You know what? Screwing
2: yourself is a sexual orientation. Oh, so just respectful of it.
1: <laughs> You're a fucker? Yeah. I'll think you the videos on the gender-affirming hysterectomies that will give seventeen. Okay. So podcasts. maybe okay.
0: Send me these links. Maybe I can add them to the description of the podcast okay. too, and you know my viewers can go. this is disturbing.
1: Yeah. When these videos were brought, How are to you look. They they the Boston Children's Hospital. Took them all off their YouTube.
0: Okay, to all my Indian viewers, we have to make sure this shit does not come to India okay. because America has a habit of exporting its bullshit to every single country. Hijra in every family—it's probably there now. Look, it's very different, Razab in India. Like we know what a hijra is, and they are they are accepted in Indian society. But this is different from what we have in India. Like, and I guess one of the reasons this gender sex stuff is not taking off in India. One of the reasons I think. At, at, at a religious level, the society is different. It's still majority Hindu. And I think because of the Hindu belief system, many of these things die down over there. And most people don't realize like, in fact, I had this interesting discussion once with Balaji also. And Balaji was like, wokeism is coming to India. And I, and I had to tell Balaji, Balaji, India was woke before you were woke. Because if you look at every single policy decision that the wokes are trying to imp- implement in America, you will all you see all of them in India implemented the day of its (laughs) constitution Uh, they want uh, reservations right quotas right that's one of the things that's one of the things the Vokes want yeah we already have it yeah yeah we have it I mean look at Yes, they got they got what we want. Yeah, so we, we already have all those things, and and you're talking to someone who actually supports, like rather knows I support reservations. Yeah, I know. I, I do. I, I, I'm very open Dalit Lives it. Matter guy here. I, I'm very clear about it, and I have my BLM. reasons for supporting it. And in fact, I would support uh, reservations for uh, Native Americans and African Americans in this country too. For the not for Indians, not for my people, but I would ask you, why the adjacent. Yeah, not not the reason is not that, but uh, I think these two. Communities were genuinely pummeled in this society. So I think a little bit does not matter in the larger picture. But I guess this is what's happening. But this is disturbing what you have told me. So I need some time to digest this. Like, I did not know about it.
1: I'll send this. you the
0: links. He needs time to digest it. Food for thought, literally. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is disturbing shit. Like, oh, you yeah. can't do this with children. Well, yes, you can.
1: They do it. And sometimes if you won't do it, they'll take the kid away from you, especially in Canada. Huh? Because you're not affirming your children's gender identity. Child huh? Protective Services can actually take your child away from you and have them go through these without your consent. Yeah, so
0: I know this one case of that man in Canada who was fighting. And, but he won, right, in the end?
1: Or he lost? I forgot the it, name. Yeah, there's several. There's there's a bunch of cases right now. I know at least a few that, that they lost. You have really disturbed me. Yeah, and it's, it's, really, it's really disturbing.
0: Okay, <laughs> Razib, over to you. Before we close things up.
1: You have to I mean, talk. To
0: well, top I mean,
2: I think we were talking about, like, what we can do. Yeah. That was the initial question, and I'm just going to be talking about that stuff. I mean, I just wanted you guys to... Because, like, you were kind of being sanitized. Well, yeah, it's, it's a horrific thing. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> so, um, in terms of what we can do, I mean... You know, obviously, um, virtue and changing the world starts individual at a time. Um, Colin was talking about how things take time. That's true. But, I mean, a lot of this weird stuff that he's talking about, it's taken the last five years. So a lot of times things don't happen until they change really fast. And so it could be a situation where the awakening just breaks and everyone just flips really quickly because that's how things happen and so um my strategy is to stay strong to what my values are my principles are you know reach out to people who you know believe in some of these big big ethical and moral values like loyalty independent thought objective reality i mean all the details i don't care you know but um you know he's like some like liberal (laughs) but you know what i'm saying um like what really matters is um these big things like, you know, do you have your, you know, brother's back, you know, and I'm not, I'm talking like metaphorical brother, you know, I know you anyway, but so um, that it starts at, at the individual scale and then you create communities, and you create connections. And those connections and communities uh, bonded together by loyalty, fellow feeling, and adherence to you know, John Stuart Mill's classical liberalism. And I'm not talking about economic or social policy. I'm just talking about this idea that ideas matter, and that you should tell the truth, uh, you should be honest, transparent, and that there is an objective reality out there that we can grasp. And not everything is just about power. So. A friend of mine who is actually from like third world country, uh, is pretty corrupt and all this stuff was, you know, liberals or progressives, as they would call themselves. They don't really understand that when you undermine truth, you give strength to the powerful, because the reality is the powerful can always manipulate power. So when you say everything is about power and there is no truth, then the weak are never innocent. The weak will always be found guilty because they lack power. You know, so uh, it's kind of incoherent, this postmodernist or progressive idea that everything is about power and there's no truth. Well, that just means that you're going to give um, all of the levers of society to the rich, uh, the politically connected, etc etc et cetera. And everything is going to be a linguistic game, which normal people can't play in, you know, so uh, this I think this will break. Uh, This will either break our society or it will break. That's just the two options. We can't keep continuing going like this. You know, China is rising. Um, They don't believe in some of these, frankly, stupid things that are uh, counterproductive. And, um, you know, they're having some issues right now with their top-down authoritarianism. But, you know, we might give them a run for their money um, in terms of bottom-up authoritarianism. You know? Until, um, you know, there needs to be an example. So you mentioned how people were DMing you. There needs to be an example for other people to see that you can survive in the darkness that we are engulfed by right now. The fear, um, just the self-loathing that also happens with a lot of people. Uh, You know, you can create a model. Now, that doesn't mean, it's not very deal. It doesn't mean that you'll be rich and famous or, you know, that you won't have struggles. But to struggle for the truth and what you think is good and for principle, uh, that is a victory in and of itself because at the end of the day, you're not going to look at yourself and say, I'm a coward, you know? And so um, that matters like how you view yourself because when you subordinate yourself to the will of others falsely, um, you can't undo that. Mm-hmm. You know, that that sort of cowardice cannot be undone. Now, you can... Redeem yourself, I think, like, you know, there's, there's always hope for change, and, and, you know, no one is perfect, but um, we need to start with the first principles of truth, objectivity, and uh, loyalty. I mean, these are, these are simple things. These are age-old things that many civilizations have had for thousands of years. What wokeism is, and I'm not going to go into the religion or not religion debate, but what this sort of stuff that we're talking about is anti-civilization it is the destructive force that is a very good point. it is the tearing down of bonds and bonds of fellowship you know between men women uh across families it's destroying uh, your natural body and saying that what is natural is an abomination is abhorrent and that you have to change it through technology and artifice i mean this is I mean, you guys understand this this is common sense but what they've done is they've taken the common sense and they've made it toxic and so you bow down before these experts that you have to trust and the experts themselves you know it's the call you like they're the anti-priests you yeah. know the, the real priests are quiet the people that should lead society are cowed because they've stepped down and when you step down When you don't speak truthfully and courageously uh, to the abomination, it's going to swallow everything, you know, and this is what it's done in our country. This is what it's done where people say things that don't make any sense, nonsense, because they think nonsense will protect them from being attacked, you know, but in the process they've sold their soul, their dignity, their principle, and secretly I think everyone laughs at them. They laugh at themselves. There's no seriousness. There's no gravity. Um, we just we're just floating along these currents that are stochastic, chaotic, and capricious. And uh, yeah, I'm not normally a serious person. I like to like, laugh and joke. So you know, let's just get this over with so I can go back to joking.
0: Yeah. So uh, I guess yeah, I agree with you. I think it's it's a worrying sign. But at the end of the day. I... My take is that if you are a truth seeker, you have to be primarily a truth seeker. For being a truth seeker, like you said, you have to be an objectivist. There has to be some objective standard that you live up to. And if you're not that, you're never going to solve this problem. So, yeah, I agree with you. And the biggest lesson that I learned from this was that Western society lost its old religion. It's trying to find meaning. It's a crisis of meaning. I think for a lot of these kids, I mean, I've told you many times, it's a crisis of meaning. So blame the new atheists, honestly. Just blame them. Those used to be my people. Yeah, I mean, come on. They, they are the <laughs> ones who caused this. They, they they threw the baby out with the bathwater and these new kids, they're looking for meaning. In God, is, God is dead and it's been replaced by a zombie. Yeah, and, and this zombie, you can't even... <laughs> the problem is we've not decided who the ulema is. Like at least in the old religion we know who the ulema is, we know the well, you know,
2: as a as a person
0: of Islamic background, I am marginalized by my color and my religion.
2: So um of the three of us here, <laughs> I'm the one who has standing. Yeah. Because you know, Hindus have oppressed Muslims for you know, ever since the year twelve hundred.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Colin doesn't know what I'm talking about, so I can yeah, say that. <laughs> Colin right now is what the fuck did he just say I'm just supposed to. Am I supposed to nod? Am I not supposed to nod? All I know, is I'm getting cancelled. Yeah, the colon is in the center. You know, in the middle of a Hindu and a Muslim. <laughs> no, what is wrong with it? Yeah, he's, a, he's our buddy. <laughs> I'm a colonizer trying
2: to
1: keep the tribal.
0: yeah. So, so I guess we'll end at that. So, guys, once well, once again, before I wrap today's discussion up, in the description of the podcast, it doesn't matter even if you're going to listen to the audio. So, do one thing. I've always said this, I already support both of them on Substack, so I want you guys to go and support them. These are good people and they're my friends, so you should support them. And also you should support them is because they have the courage to speak about many things that maybe a lot of people don't. So when somebody does take that risk, you have to support risk taking. Also remember, societies are always saved on many occasions by the heterodoxy, not by the orthodoxy. The orthodoxy keeps it stable. But the saviors are always the heterodox people because they take risks. It's usually the risk-taking. Yeah, sometimes the risk-taker is an idiot and then they become the orthodox, which has happened in America, and they screw things up, which is why I'm deeply opposed to new atheism till the extent I stopped calling myself one. Uh, I don't even call myself an atheist anymore. But we have to support good people, so follow them on Twitter. You'll see their Twitter handles too subscribe to the substack, uh, and if you like to support me uh, and if i have not annoyed you enough you can also support me you can subscribe to my channel and i will see you guys next time and before we wrap up boys thank you very much we need yeah. to go and eat some yeah, yeah we're gonna get some chinese food jeans <laughs> all right guys take care bye-bye